0: We're uh, excited. Uh, tomorrow morning I get to go to Honduras uh, to ser- serve the poor for a week. And, uh, and then some others are leaving tomorrow. Uh, five teenagers from our region, about eight singles, myself and another married brother, David Blanco, and then a single parent from the north. So almost 20 people from our region are going to uh, gather up with 80 other disciples from around the kingdom. It's so about 100 of us. Uh, to go serve the church in San Pedro Sula, and serve the poor there in that area as well. So I want those brothers and sisters to stand up that are going, and we're going to say a prayer for all of us, and then we'll get on with our lesson. So here's the group that's going to Honduras, the different teenagers that are going to. Stand up. Come on. You guys stay standing. We're going to, I'm going to pray for us. Don't you think that's a good thing that I should pray for our trip? I think it's a good thing. All right, let's pray. Father in heaven, uh, we thank you so much for this great time that we could be together to worship right now. And I want to pray a special prayer of uh, the angels of protection. Uh, just with our trip on the uh, travel there and back, on the personal safety, on uh, physical illness. But uh, most importantly, God, I pray there be a phenomenal impact uh, through the almost 20 disciples from the coastal LA region going down to Honduras. That not only we got to give money to support the missionaries that serve sacrificially there. But now we get to go give our sweat and toil to uh, serve the teenagers and the preteens and the, uh, the elderly and people that are incredibly impoverished. And I pray it would change our lives, our hearts, and that we could come back and inspire the rest of the church and others to go as well. Uh, watch over our trip. Help us not oversleep with our flight or anything like that. And uh, have a great, great, incredible heart-changing time. And I pray that the impact... That would be made on us would be greater than the impact we make on them. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right. Luke 16, if you turn over there, please. Title of the lesson today is Breaking Free. You probably go, What is that about? Well, you'll see in a second. Luke 16, in verse 9. This is Jesus speaking about money, and we're starting a series entitled Maximize, uh, this week, next week, and the week after, talking about money from a number of different angles, we don't really preach about money at all, in fact, I don't, I remember, last time I remember preaching a series on money, we were meeting in the movie theater, you guys remember that one, outside of that, I don't. and that was years ago, we don't preach about money a whole lot, and today I'm not going to talk to you about giving more money, I'm going to talk to you about how to manage your money, You say, well, who are you to tell me how to manage my money? Well, uh, you're right, nobody. But the Bible has a lot to say on how we view money. And in Luke 16, Jesus says, I tell you, verse 9, Use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourselves, so that when it is gone, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. The Bible teaches right here that one of the most important spiritual principles that will affect the quality of our life, the strength of our spiritual life, and even affect our salvation, is how we manage money. How we master money versus money mastering us. And Jesus is telling us right here, use your worldly wealth to gain friends. So when it's gone, it will be gone, even if you hoard it, the people that take it from you, the state and your relatives, then they, they disperse it. It's gone. So when it's gone, you'll be welcomed, come on in, to eternal dwellings. Do you ever think about that? That how we treat money and let money affect us will determine our greeting and our salvation. You've seen many people, as we'll read about, over the years, that didn't become a disciple because of money. And money in and of itself is an inert object. It does It's not positive or negative. It's neutral. But the effect that it has on our hearts and the things that we'll do for money. So I wouldn't do anything vile for money. No, maybe not. But the way we'll sacrifice our spiritual life to make money or get enslaved to things because of materialism. And we're going to talk about that today. Look a little further down in this verse. Jesus says in verse 11, So, if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? And if you've been not been trustworthy with someone else's property, whose property is our money? That's a real weak, uh, what's the answer? It's God's. Whose property is it? It's God's. And I know you can say it and not mean it, and, and we've got to be convinced of it, because a lot of times I say logically it's God's, but I treat it like it's mine. Or I'll say it's God's and sound all spiritual, but reality is, I don't think that way. So we need to be reminded of that. He said, if you're not trustworthy in handling someone else's property, who will trust you with property of your own? All of us have borrowed something of someone's to break it. Right? Right? And at our maybe more immature years, we gave it back broken. Hey, sorry about that. As we learn in life, you know what? It's probably best not to borrow it if I can't replace it. And if I'm going to borrow it, I better be emotionally prepared to replace it. I remember in the campus ministry, a brother that would take people's stuff all the time and he'd try to pull X for it. Bro, where's your heart? It's all, they, they, they their possessions, they looked like none of them was their own crashed a brother's car, took different stuff, and obviously he's not faithful today, had the wrong perspective about money. But his attitude was, hey, it's yours, it's mine, I can treat it the way I want. He's saying, we know the concept of treating other people's property with care. How about God's property, which is our lives and the money that He gives us, the jobs and the health and the well-being and the opportunities, and how we spend that affects things. He goes on to say, Verse 13, no servant can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Why did Jesus have to say that? Because we try. And I know when we hear this verse, guess what we think about? The other person. But he said it because we try. We try to serve both God and money. It doesn't mean we sit there and we just bow down to little statues. You know, the, the, the almighty dollar. We're not like Mr. Krabs and Spongebob where we're just bathing in dollars. and ah, We don't get all excited. But our hearts, our affection, our energy, our mindset, our priorities, our giving, all reflect what we serve, God or money. You can make excuses till the, the, the day is long. You can always look for the lowest common denominator. Compared to her and him, man, I am. Well, that's, that's not what God wants us to do. How you handle money affects everything. You know, there's an old saying that many of you may have heard. Debt brings fret. I'm going to talk today about debt. I read it as I, as I was preparing for the lesson... I just got on the internet, asked find out where it's at. I'm not going to talk about our country's debt. I'll talk about consumerism, consumer debt. The data tells a compelling story, this one news article said yesterday. The main factor responsible for both the severity of the recession and the subsequent weakness of the economic recovery. It's not the government. It's the deplorable condition of the U.S. household balance sheet. So yes, our government has problems, but we're not talking about politics and church. Ever. Amen? Amen? Haven't done it? Not gonna ever start. But what he what the article said is the real problem of a recovery is people's personal balance sheet. How they manage what they have. I read another article, just thought, let me see what I can find. As of May twenty eleven, our credit card debt rise to two point four trillion dollars. So our our government, our country of almost 310 million people has 2.4 trillion dollars in credit card debt. I'm not talking about all these other things. I'm just talking about credit cards. That's intense. Friday, July 8th, read another article. A Georgia man in his 30s In his condo or apartment, gets discovered by his brother, dead, murder-suicide, killed his wife, killed their two-year-old kid, I don't know the order, and then killed himself, and the article said, financial problems. You know, our brother, uh, Dave Cortez, who's a homicide detective for LAPD and Long Beach Ministry, he was the one that went down to Wilmington a year and a half ago with a family of five where the husband and wife killed the three kids in their beds, then killed themselves. He was the guy that walked in the door and did the homicide investigation. It disturbed him for weeks. It was over finances. And if this happens every week. And you say, Marco, that's extreme. That's not me. I agree with you. It is extreme. It is a breaking point. It is the worst of the worst. I'm just telling you it's a lot bigger problem than we think. Or than we like to acknowledge. And today, as I speak about these things, you're tempted to either get discouraged or self-righteous. Yeah, you tell those undisciplined people. (laughs) That's what I've been saying all along. Nobody ever listens to me. So you're tempted to either be self-righteous or get really down and go the route of the ostrich. The ostrich puts his head in the ground, hoping the trouble will go away. Meanwhile, the animal comes and grabs him in the backside. My hope is, as we, we're going to watch a video today, i got some cool illustrations. My hope is that you'll be inspired and hopeful, not just feel bad about yourself. Because feeling bad about yourself is one part of change, but it doesn't complete the process. A man was once boasting to a friend... We have a whole room full of furniture from France that goes back to Louis XIV. That's nothing, replied the other friend. We've got a whole house full of furniture from Sears that goes back to Harry on the first. <laughs> you know, our society, even uh, Amway has a little saying for their people that sign up and don't aren't making money yet. Fake it till you... So drive a car like you've made it! And dress like you've made it! And live in a place like you've made it! So you can convince other people to fake it till they make it. Because then once they start buying from you, you'll have the money to actually pay for those things that you were trying to portray an image. Romans 13. You're probably wondering, how is he going to be inspiring about debt? I think it's, I'm going to do okay. You'll have to be the judge of that. And then God will judge you. No, I'm just kidding. It's just a joke. Hey, just thought I'd have some. This is not changing. Okay, well, there you go. Romans 13. Can you switch it? Oh, there we go. Romans 13, verse 7 and 8. Give everyone what you owe them. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. Can I get a little respect? If honor, then honor. Let no debt remain outstanding. Except the continuing debt to love one another, for he who loves his fellow man has fulfilled the law. You know, Danielle and I were talking yesterday. She comes in my office in the garage. It's my office. It's a rec room office um crafts room TV room all in my office but anyway she comes in my office and she says dad who's preaching tomorrow I said I am she goes what are you preaching about you know like it's like almost made to order like the menu you know what do you, I said detached oh dad you can't preach about that you got to you can't forget the teens I said what do you mean they don't pay bills you got to keep them interested <laughs> so I have some illustrations for the teens and everyone else. Okay, I need teen some teen volunteers. I need a guy and a girl volunteer. Okay, Um, guy with the black hat right there. That's right. Come on, I need a girl from over here. All right, come on. You know they don't. Danielle did have a point, right? They're not paying bills. We wish they could at this point help us out. It's not happening. And the money that comes in seems to dissolve instantly, so it's not going to happen. But they will pay bills soon, right? I want not you come up on stage so they can see you guys. They will pay bills soon, and they will be faced with choices about debt. Right? And it doesn't take long. When do you get your first credit card typically? College. So how old are you? Uh, Fifteen. Fifteen, so in three years someone's going to hand them some plastic. Same. Four years, they're going to have their own credit card. Now, you know, mom and dad might have to co-sign, but that's a different sermon for a different time. So, I have something here that I want to show them. These are legitimate. Come on over here. These are legitimate handcuffs from one of the brothers who's a police officer. Just one of you. And I just want to make this illustration here. Always wanted to do this. All right. Matthew Keys, Come on over this side. Got another pair? You think you got the key? Because it's not just men who get into debt. Right, ladies? She thought she was free. So that's that's the problem about debt. I'm being really nice, Andre. Don't, don't. Trust me. So loose. And I put it on the lower spot just to... Oh, sorry. You just have to... Debt makes you shameful when you're always turning around. Um, Now, uh, I I think I have a key somewhere. I'll I'll find it. Um, So, the reality is debt chains you to things. Right? And it doesn't allow you to do all the things you want to do. You're not thinking about using your worldly wealth to gain friends. You're just thinking about using your worldly wealth for you or to pay all the bills that you accrued for the things that you wanted. And I, please hear me, I understand that some people are in debt for medical reasons, some people are in debt taking care of families, some people are in debt from failed businesses. Please, I'm very sensitive to all that, I'm not in any way speaking to that. I'm just talking about consumer debt as a whole. Discretionary spending, prioritizing, not, some people it happens and you just have to get out of it and it's hard. You guys with me there? So for those of you that disengage, that insensitive man, please, I'm with you right there, Okay. But these guys have a choice to make... Andre, I'll get her out in just a minute. These guys have a choice to make in three and four years on how they want to live their lives. And how chained they want to be, right? And the thing about debt, it's like this thing on your back. I got this new backpack at REI from the used gear sale, but it's new, kind of. And the thing about debt is, it just kind of follows you everywhere you go. And you can make this backpack pretty comfortable... It's got the side strap, all kinds of pockets, even a whistle, and um, that's in case there's danger. But you know, you can you can go hiking with this backpack, good back, good support, and uh, good uh, side support there, and real padded. You can go many miles hiking with this backpack, right? But there's a point in time where even though it's so padded and you've forgotten it was there, you wish you didn't have it on your back. And there's a point in time when you take it off to rest, you go, man, I would move a lot faster without this on my back. Right? Now I'm going to preach the whole sermon just to frustrate you with this silly backpack on my back. Because you said I couldn't make a sermon on debt interesting. And uh, I'm not, I'm not. But you know, when you not have this, it's amazing how much faster you can walk and run and just when you thought it couldn't get any better other people think about debt and it's like this monkey on their back this is one of my daughter's pet monkey I'm not going to say which one because she wouldn't appreciate it this is twiddle but you know this is how it can feel twiddles on your back everywhere you go you you can kind of sense them and feel them but debt can be like this just won't ever get off you. You know what I'm saying? Now, it's kind of funny right now, but imagine having to go to work with this on your shoulders. Or go over to your neighbors to ask them about moving their car. Hey, what's that on your shoulders? Oh, ah, no, don't worry about it. I've gotten used to twiddle. He's uh, just hanging out there. But the whole point is, how we deal with money affects the freedom in our lives. The liberty of our lives. And even as we start this crown financial, two hours, that's all you got, man. Even as we start this crown financial, where we spend these four weeks, some of you will choose to watch sports, go get your car fixed, go out to eat, or just pretend you didn't know about it this week and not go. Oh, I already got that all down. Do you know the people that get excited about learning about money? Typically, I've found through experience, it's the people that are in the best shape. Because they go, how can I even do better? How could I even be a better steward of what God's given me? Let's take this crown financial very seriously. Wouldn't you feel for these guys if they were locked up like that? Now, let's just say, Matthew, you have to get out of there. What would you do? Besides call your mom or dad, what would you do? Being a resourceful MacGyver you are? What would you do? You wouldn't cut your arm off. I know that. So what's... Okay, that's, you're not Houdini. I don't think that's going to happen. Oh, okay. Yes, He's honest. The good thing is, Matthew is honest. And one of the things about debt is it often comes with a lot of dishonesty. Because you try to portray, you drive a car, you really shouldn't be driving. And people even think, how do they afford that? Reality is, they don't. They're just faking it, whether they make it or not. Or they just don't think about it. They go, the bills are paid, not going to worry about it today, just leave Twiddle up there. Doesn't it feel good when the car's paid off? He's throw twiddle across the room. So how would you get out, Matthew? Okay, so well, I don't think you'd break it very well, but not now. I mean, you could take this speaker off right here, right? Yeah. But without a screwdriver, he's going to be dragging around the tripod base for the rest of his life. You ready to get out? Okay. But the point is, here's two young people with no debt yet. But we'll be making some decisions in the next three and four years that will determine whether they drag a speaker tripod, figuratively speaking, and will determine... Did it just tighten? Okay. I just know Andre's back to going, you better be careful with my daughter. That will determine what they can do in their life. It will determine the quality of their life. It'll determine how much they're available to serve the church. It'll determine the joy of their life. Adults, am I wrong? Now, I brought one last illustration just when you thought it couldn't get better. I'm not trying to sound like an infomercial. Anyone know what this is? It's a lead pencil, but I'm going to call it my spiritual magic wand. It's not the Harry Potter one. Spiritual. Imagine if I could walk out in the audience and just wave my spiritual wand over any person and they would be debt free. Anyone? any, Any takers? Now, you don't have enough faith, so put your hands down for this to work. But if you did, if I did, wouldn't it be awesome if somebody could just go, Hey, let me just wave it over. That's God's heart. God wants us to be financially free. He wants us to be freed up. You guys can sit down now. He wants us to be freed up. No, I'll take you out. I'm just kidding. That's just a joke. (laughs) Look at how good. They're so good-hearted. I hope this is the key. It works in my front door. Oh, yes. Let's give it up for our uh, great uh, volunteer right there. Um. Sorry. I just Matthew's a good buddy of mine, so I thought he'd like to stay here, but probably not. I mean, it's cool. I mean, all right. Let's give it up for Matthew right there. He took a lot of courage. Good thing I didn't become a police officer. But, you know, I bet they'll never forget this as they make their first charge on Citibank. Or as they see that pair of $300 jeans that they have to have. Or whatever it is and go, oh, I'll just pay for it later. Because that is a way to go. But the scriptures have a lot to say about this. And this, uh, this does not have a lot to say today. Maybe you need to like... The wicked borrow and do not repay, but the righteous give generously. The reason I can't give the missions is because I've borrowed so much. And I spend too much on other things. Well, use your worldly wealth to gain friends, even in the Middle East and Central America and Mexico. And when it's gone, you'll be welcomed into eternal dwellings. The rich rule over the poor and the borrower is servant to the lender. That's the whole concept. When you're in debt, you're a slave to the lender. You can ignore the phone calls. You can just pay the minimum. You know, by law now they have to tell you, if you just pay the minimum payment, you'll be out of debt in 33 years for this $4,000. But God wants us to be free. Amen? Another saying is a man in debt is caught in a net. Thomas Jefferson said this, I don't think my remote's working today. And and this is the concept I want you to think about today, and then I'll put the quote up. I want you to break free from debt. As we go through Crohn, it said that people that focused on it, less the mortgage debt, could get out of debt in three to five years. Consumer debt. Even people in really bad situations that focused on it. And I want us to get a vision of breaking free. But not just breaking free, staying free. Because, you know, once you get out of debt, you know what you suddenly feel? Rich. I could do this and that. You're not really any richer. You just feel the freedom. So it's an illusion. Well, what's that going to do? What's that going to do? I can get that. We want to break free from debt and stay free from debt so that we can be all that God wants us to be, do all the things that God wants, have the freedoms to be the best that we can be, to have the joy that we need to have. You may have already... Be out of debt. Stay out of debt. Can you um, move the slide? I, I'm really um, not sure. Thomas Jefferson said, Never spend money before you have it. Now, this was not a Christian man. But he figured something out. I don't know if he followed it, because he had a lot of debt himself at one point. Never spend your money before you have it. You know, the Hebrew word, there's many Hebrew words for the words in, for Interest. But one of the Hebrew words for interest is N-E-S-H-I, nashi, which carries the idea of this biting interest. It's just always biting at you. Isn't that how debt can feel? What gets us into debt? Greed, sometimes. Materialism, got to have it. The Joneses have it. Now, the Joneses, the problem you don't understand is the Joneses don't own it. They just have it. So as you try to keep up with the Joneses, you've actually, it's, it's a deception. There's a lot of people, what's, I don't make enough money. There's a lot of people that make a lot of money that are in a lot of debt. And it's not always how much you make, it's how you manage it. And how you view it. And your attitude about it. There's an old Roman proverb that says, money is like seawater. The more you drink it, what happens? The thirstier you get isn't that true 1st Timothy chapter 6 if you can turn over there you're going to have to switch it for me because I 1st Timothy 6 verse 6 says godliness with contentment is great, great, great gain greed takes away contentment materialism takes away contentment envy takes away contentment. Lack of self-control, though it gives you immediate pleasure. All of us have bought stuff that we were so excited for. Amazon's knocking on the door, you know, with your stuff. You're so excited. You open it up and literally the day later you couldn't recreate that feeling of the anticipation of it's coming in the mail. I'm getting it today. Pride can get us into debt. Godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world, we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Will we? People who want to get rich, you say, I'm not trying to get rich. You know what I mean. It's the concept of I want more than I have. Fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge men into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people, eager for money or things, have wandered from the faith and pierced who? Themselves. With many kinds of griefs. With many griefs. But you, men of God, flee from all this. From, and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. In the sight of God who gives life to everything and of Christ Jesus while testifying before Pontius Pilate made the good confession, I charge you to keep this command without spot or blame until the appearing of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm going to watch a video right now. Out of 2 Kings 4, that's going to set up 2 Kings 4, and then I'll just make a few comments on it and give you a handout that I think will be practical. So we're going to watch a video. So teens, did I keep you interested about debt? We've got to break free and stay free. So let's, let's watch the video. Cool story. Did it, keep, did it keep your attention? You know, in 2 Kings 4, I'm just going to close with this passage and give you a few practicals on a handout. You know, debt brings about bad outcomes. We don't know how she got into debt. It sounds like it was just misfortune. Because her husband was a prophet, a man that feared God. And But we don't know. The Bible doesn't say. But we do know that she was in a pretty desperate situation. I love what Elijah asked her. How can I, verse 2 in Second Kings 4... How can I help you? See, we need to have a godly attitude towards money, and we need to have a godly attitude towards debt. He says, how can I help you? What do you have in your house? And she said very desperately and faith, in a faithless way, discouraged as I would be or you would be, I have nothing at all. One of the things you're going to learn in Crown Financial is this concept of the snowball effect, where you take your credit card, that's the smallest balance, and you pay any little extra you can, even if it's $20 a month, or 40 or 60 or $80. But one of the smallest balance, and any little extra money, you cut everything else out that's extra. You say, what's extra? Everything that's discretionary. And the snowball effect is this concept where you pay the one with the lowest balance first, any extra money, plus the minimum payment, till it's paid off. You say, why not start with the one with the highest interest, and the one with the biggest balance? Because you need encouragement. And it snowballs. Suddenly, you have the minimum payment of 60 plus the other 60 that you were putting towards it. That 120, the thing gets paid off instead of eight months, four months. Then you take that 120 rather than go, man, I got some money now. You take that 120, you do it to the next card. And what starts happening? The snowball in the right direction gets bigger and bigger. And before you know it, did you see her face change? From desperate, I mean, as a parent, gosh, couldn't you feel with her? And that's real, in the sense of that's a true story. One of the brothers that I shared about last Sunday, Hakan, the Middle Eastern brother, that just started in the ministry, I said, Hakan, how's it going financially? He says, you know, it's going good. I said, do you send money home? He goes, I do. My mom's business failed in Ankara, Turkey. And so it's different there than it is in the U.S. They come and they take your house. So, we may not have the debtor's prison in all the countries. I'm sure it's still happening in some countries. I haven't researched which ones. But, he says, they just come and they take your house. How about it? You know, if you owe money for something else. And, you know, it's well, can you imagine that as a parent? What did she do? She went and she got help. She was helpless but then she took the little courage she had and a desperation as a mother and and caring about her kids being taken away and she went and got help. God always, no matter what the challenge, honors humility. You can read it all throughout the Bible, even the passages that don't directly say it. God honors humility. When we're willing to get help and take what we do have and do something with that, a lot of people say, Marco, I can't pay off debt. What would a little bit make a difference? Well, a lot. Because a little bit over time, you got into debt often by making a lot of little charges or a little this and a little that. And before you knew it, what happened to that little? You're like, gosh, how'd that happen? Well, I'm not going to worry about it. I'll just pay a little bit at a time. Then you realize it doesn't go away. But in the same way, she took the little she did have. And people say, well, I can't get it dead. It won't make a difference. What makes a difference is God honors the righteousness. God honors the self-control. And you become more cognizant, more aware. You get more encouragement. And suddenly you feel like, hey, I'm chipping away. And I'm more cognizant. I don't need to buy this or that or this. I need to get out of debt. I need to deal with this. I need to break free. Some of you don't believe me. You believe me logically, but you're still in the ostrich mode. Ostrich posture. My hope is from watching that video, hearing that passage, hearing 1 Timothy 6 about our attitude towards money, that you could feel hopeful. You know, she got what she could do. She took the little bit she had. She needed Elijah's encouragement. What do you have? Nothing. What do you have? Nothing. What do you have in the house? Nothing. Well, a, a little oil. And you could tell the trepidation in the sense of, I don't know if I want to trust now you're wondering, Marco, when do I get my magic oil? Sorry, I'm not Elisha. And I'm, just with, I'm with you. I just got to be righteous and self-controlled and godly, manage my money in a godly way and battling with you. And, you know, I have a deep conviction of not, about not being in debt. But I, I want to give you hope and encouragement that when you're righteous and you're faithful and you do what you can do and you get help. God honors that. God blesses that. And God lifts you up. And he does provide the oil in a different way. We've got to get resourceful. She went from not believing to getting as many jars. You've got to get the family involved, because often the family is the one that drives up the debt. It's not just the mom or just the dad. It's the whole family. And so sometimes you've got to sit down and have a talk and say, hey, family, guess what? We're not eating out the rest of the year. What? I did the math. We spend $390 a month eating out. Plus, blank, blank, blank on groceries. So right there, I want to start the snowballing of getting out. You know, you just, you're humble. You're honest. And everybody gets involved. I love what he said. Go sell your debts and you and your son can live on what's left. Think about this. Often it's not how much we make. It's how we spend what we make. Because there are people in this world, Dave Blanco can tell you, that's what he does for a living, in the billions with a capital B that live on less than $2 a day or less than a dollar a day. Now, they're not getting well, they're not not cranking, I'm just saying, that's poverty. That's billions. I don't know the percentage, maybe a third of our world lives on less than $2 or less than a dollar a day. So I don't think anyone's cut things down to the quick that much where you go, man, there's nothing else left to cut. No. You maybe have to give up getting your nails done out or you may have to give up the lattes every day. If you're critical about what I'm saying, you're just going to stay hooked up to the tripod, dragging that around in your life. We can be hopeful. We can break free. And we need to learn how to live on what's left over after paying our debts. Amen? Let me just close with these practicals right here. Can you flip the slide, please? you got them in your hand. Number one, you've got to transfer ownership. It's God's money. It's God's job. It's God that gave you the talent. It's God that gave you the opportunity. It's God that lets you live in America. It's all God. And you've got to realize the only reason you were born where you were, have the opportunity you have, is because of God. And until you see it all as God's, you won't manage it nearly as well as if you looked at it as God's. Number two. Give God His first part. You go, I'm too poor to tithe. Well, you'll stay poor. You could right now, people not in the ministry, you can go right now, if you want to do this survey, you don't believe me, go pick ten people that you know are strong Christians in the, in the audience and pull them aside today after service, or maybe a few today, a few at midweek, a few, and say, okay, you've been giving first to the Lord for how many years? 25 years. Tell me how it's worked out for you. They'll get all bright-eyed, They'll start getting frothy at the mouth and you'll have to shut them up after a while because they'll be so excited, not because they've been living in the money and prosperity gospel and they haven't had any financial hardship. They've seen this principle work. Not, well, once I get out of debt, then I'll give to God. No, once you get out of debt, you'll get into more debt because you don't understand it's all God's and you give first to Him and then pay your bills. Number three, Allow no more debt. You go, impossible! No. How you live. I understand housing is unbelievably expensive. Even we took the crown training class, they said in most parts of the country, it's in the 20, 30% of your income goes to housing. In California, 40 to 50%. So I understand. I'm right there with you. That's the one thing. If I could wave my magic spiritual wand... I wish I could make my housing expenses cheaper and yours cheaper. And, you know, I mean, It's just where we live. And we do have some nice perks of uh, living in Southern California. Would you agree? There's a reason people keep moving here and not to the middle of Idaho or Omaha, Nebraska or North Dakota or Detroit. I mean, there's a reason they come to California. It's not for the 405 either. It's, there's a lot of benefits of living in such a beautiful part of the world. But there's a lot of challenges. But allow no more debt. Number three... Develop a, or number four, develop a realistic budget. And each one of these practicals, I gave you a handout just to wet your whistle for Crown Financial. Do you have the handout? Eddie, did we hand out the handout? Eddie was over there. He didn't realize. It. Sorry, it's coming right now. Now you have something to look forward to as we as we're done now. And, now. and number five, retire the debt. We all think about getting retired. I can't wait to retire, and I can do this and this and this. You won't retire. If you're in massive debt, you know, you know, the new thing now with a lot of people in their 50s and 60s, they go, you know what, I'm not going to worry about it. I'm just going to die in debt. Is that really integrity? Not going to worry about it. Got debt. Not going to, I'll just pay what I need to pay and let's, let, just, I'll default on everything and not worry about it. Let's, let's get a vision of, for some of us, not all of us, of paying off our house, getting beyond consumer debt, but really getting to a place where we can be financially free. Let's break free and what? And stay free. Those of you that are already financially free or in great shape, mentor someone else that isn't. Give them the encouragement, the hope that someone's given you. Give them the ability that you've developed so that they can break free. But let's take these things to heart. Let's be inspired by the story about the widow's oil and let's break free and stay free. Thank you very much.